This episode was brought to you by Amis Clothing, Amis Official underscore on Instagram, a brand for ambitious minds who elevate their success, hustle for what they desire, and never settle for less. Ambitious minds elevate success, A-M-E-S, Amis Clothing, check them out. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Killer Crossover Podcast. It's your boy, Eman. It's your boy, Mo. And today we got a very special guest for you guys. We got the 2011 HAAL Coach of the Year, 2014 SF Chronicle Prep, the Prep D4, NorCal Preps D4, and CCA Coach of the Year, 2017 Prep to Prep Coach of the Year, uh, 2014 NCS D4 and NorCal Champs, 2017 NCS D2 and NorCal Championship Coach, Coach Frank Knight of the Moreau Catholic Mariners, not only are you a coach, but you're a social science teacher, motivational speaker, and a mentor. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Man, I, I, I would hire myself after hearing that entry. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I know all those things happen, but to hear them all at once, that's crazy. Well, that's, thank you. That's quite a resume thank that you got, Coach, but welcome thank to our show, man. Thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Of course. Let's go. Let's get it. Uh, so let's get right into it, Coach. I mean, first, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where, uh, you know, where and how you came up and, uh, you know, how you fell in love with sports. Wow. Um, let's see. I, I grew up in Oakland, grew up in East Oakland, um, in the hood, the Rolling Hunnets, man. And uh, I got introduced to just sports because we just, at that time, everybody went outside and played and stuff. And, you know, people in the neighborhood were good athletes. We played football and, you know, in the street, all <clears throat> the pole, that kind of stuff. And hanging up the milk cartons on the telephone poles to play hoop and stuff. And, we did that when we were younger and um you know just coming up man it was one of those things where and this is sad to say uh <laughs> really the only way out of the hood at that point was kind of like if you were a rapper or an athlete i mean that's really how it was so it was like you had to take one of those two avenues and um i found out i was a pretty good athlete when i was like in the fourth or fifth grade and i'm like okay this is something i'm gonna do i'm gonna find out what i'm gonna do in it at that point i played basketball i played football I played baseball uh that's back when your parents made you play sports all year round um <laughs> yeah. and you just wasn't playing one sport and uh, aau hadn't really popped off yet it was just getting ready to start um and i'm like look i'm gonna just try to ride this sport thing get up out of here real quick and uh, try to see something else in Oakland. So that's kind of when I fell in love with um, with sports. But I grew up in East Oakland, man. Uh, in the hundreds, went to Catholic school um, from kindergarten all the way to the eighth grade. My parents was not letting me go to E. Morris Cox or or uh, any of the public schools. They were like, nope, we will Sounds like that. my parents, coach. Whatever the tuition <laughs> is, yeah. we want to pick you up the way we drop you off every right. morning kind of thing. So I did that, and then I went to St. Mary's High School in Berkeley um, for a year. And that commute was killing me, man, coming from Oakland. I had to catch the bus to oh, the yeah. and then the BART to another bus or walk uh, to get to school every day. And that just wasn't conducive and stuff. And I got into some trouble. I ain't, I'm going to keep one hundred. I got into some trouble <laughs> with St. Mary's. And they told me to leave the nice way. You know how private schools do it. We're not going to put you out. <laughs> you probably need to go somewhere else, right? So I left at that point. 
And uh, my only option was to go to public school. If I went to St. Joe's, I would have to sit out a whole year. This is after my freshman year. Um, so my dad wouldn't let me go to Casamont. My dad and mom both went to Casamont. They wouldn't let me go to Casamont. Um, so the other option I had in East Oakland was uh, Fremont. Um, so I ended up at Fremont High School. Um, just so happens that four or five of my buddies that I grew up with played like AAU hoops, went and CYO hoops, went, went there too. And then after I transferred there, like three, four more people transferred in. And boom, we had a dynasty at that point. So, and uh, played at Fremont High School for three years. Uh, we went two years undefeated in league. We won the Northern California Championship one year. We lost in the Northern California Championship the other year. Um, and we had some really, really good players. Seven Division One players on the team while we were there. Nice. Um, graduated from there, got a, a, a scholarship to St. Mary's. Uh, in Moraga, and that was a whole different thing, you know, coming from East Oakland to Moraga. Um, I did that and um, played two years for Ernie Kent, who ended up going on to get the job at the University of Oregon. Um, I like to say we got him that job. <laughs> we got him that job. And I learned about the business end. That was the first time I learned about the business end of basketball. Um, we had played two years. We had won the West Coast Conference. We had went to the NC2A tournament. Uh, we lost to uh, Tim Duncan's uh, Wake Forest team uh, in the first round in Arizona. And we come into the locker room and Coach Kent comes in. He's like, look, fellas, I just want to let you guys know I'm interviewing for my dream job. Because uh, he went to Oregon. I'm interviewing for my dream job. And you guys will be the first to know. We'll let you know if anything goes on, but blah, 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 blah. Two days later, my friend is in the front room of our apartment screaming. And we run out to the front TV and at the bottom at the ticker, <laughs> the job at the University of Oregon. And we were like, dang, you know, this dude just left us here, man, that's cold. But then I realized it's a business. They, I think they quadrupled yeah. his pay. They paid him $24 million. He can't turn that down, you know? And yeah. uh, so he went on there and then I played at St. Mary's two more years, graduated and uh, started coaching. And uh, here I am now, so. So uh, nice. what, 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 what position did you play, coach, in high school and in college? In high school, I played, crazy thing is in high school, I played a three. And, that, and that's great. When I, when I say that to people, they're like, what? Um, but the guards at Fremont were ridiculously good when I got there. Uh, the year before I got there, there was a gentleman named Bobby Smith who played guard there. He was probably the second best guard in the area behind Jason Kidd in 92. He was raw. Um, ended up getting drafted by the Tampa Bay baseball guy, the, the Rays. So he played oh, Rays, yeah. he played in the Devil Rays for like eight or nine years, and now he coaches baseball. So he was there. And then my sophomore year, we had a dude named Kareem who was really good. Uh, my junior year, we had a, this dude named Mike Mike and Keith Livers. Now, Mike Mike ended up playing at San Jose State. Keith Livers played at Idaho. Um, so they were like the one and the two. And the only spot I can get on the floor at that point was three. Um, so I kind of played like the three. Uh, and then my senior year, when they graduated, I moved over to a point guard. Um, and we had brought in some six six wing guards and stuff like that. So I was able to play the point guard. That was the first year I'd ever played point guard in my senior year. Um, so when I graduated, they called me a combo guard, which I hated. Um, <laughs> I always hated that term. 
Back then, I was hated that term. But and that sucks, especially when you're like six one, six two. You're a combo guard. You're basically playing out of position. I mean, you know. And um, but I mean, it was a, I was a scoring guard. So when I went to St. Mary's, I played combo and sat behind a guy named Cameron Sufi, who was really good. Taught me how to play. You know, talk. That's one thing when you get to college, they have the people have to take you in. They have to show you how to play at that level. You know what it takes, what you have to do, all that stuff. And I love Sue for that. Sue took care of me and taught me how to play at that level. And then when he graduated my sophomore year, it was it was my show. Um, so I kind of played the point to um, I was I was a scorer. I was fat. I was still like this. I was kind of fat, but I could drive to the bucket and go dunk it and stuff. And um, I was a, I was one of those guys when the light I wasn't a practice player. When the lights came on, I showed up and stuff like that. And it was about entertainment for me. I loved it. You know what I mean? We were entertaining the crowd and stuff. That's why I couldn't play football. You couldn't see my face with that helmet on. I didn't like that. So <laughs> somewhere where, you know, it was, you know, it was a show, you know, so. So Can you <clears throat> go ahead. Uh, so just uh, going back real quick, 90, 1995, that was your senior year? Yeah, yeah. 1995, you're playing at the Oakland Arena. Before it was called Oracle, the Oakland Arena, the the Collie, uh, we used to call was it. The, <laughs> was that the state championship against Modern Day? State championship, yeah. And you go off. You guys end up losing the game, but you go off. Tell tell us what was just going through your mind and like how you were playing that day, because you were you were like I, I was just reading articles and looking at your stats, and you were like a madman. The year, see, the year before that, people don't tell the story. The year before that, we lost in the NorCal Finals. Um, we lost to Jesuit. And um, we had beat Jesuit earlier in the year. So, I mean, we should have went to the state championship back-to-back. -back. So that loss really lit a fire under us, our junior <laughs> We knew we should have been playing. And the crazy thing is we're supposed to play Crenshaw High School. And they had Kevin, they had KJ on the team. Oh, man. And, Oh, what was his name? Um, Jelani Gardner was on that team. They were loaded. That team was loaded. Like, we wanted to play in bad because, you know, Oakland, L.A. thing. We ended up losing. And uh, that whole summer, that all summer, all we did was work. We ran hills and got in the weight room. We were like, we're not letting this happen again. So we come back to senior year, we ran through everybody in Northern California for the most part. And uh, we, I think we won the NorCal final by 20, you know, and got to modern day. And, you know, the week before the state championship, they build it up. You know, they're doing a preview and, you know, you got the newspapers and your practices and stuff. They're building up for the championship game and stuff. And we were reading the paper and they was giving us no respect at all. None. I mean, they had, <laughs> Shea, they had a guy named Shea Cotton on their team who's a really, really good friend of mine now. They made a movie about him now. I mean, he was LeBron before LeBron. I tell people that all the time. Um, Shea was on the team. And they had a kid named Kevin Jackson on the team, went up going to Wyoming. They had a guard and went to USC. They were loaded. I mean, modern day, bro, you know. They, you yeah. Know. <laughs> so um, this game was built up all week, and we didn't like how they were talking about us and stuff. Like, we were just terrible, and modern day was ranked like number seventh in the country. Um, but the good thing was it was played in our backyards. We played in the Coliseum. Yeah. And uh, back then, I mean, at that point, man, the one thing about Oakland, I will say, is they stand up when it's when it's time for like sports and stuff. Oh, yeah. And the crazy thing is we sold out the Oakland Coliseum in 1990. The Warriors couldn't sell out the Coliseum <laughs> in 1990. <laughs> 
I mean, it, man, I, this I, is high I, school basketball. I remember it like yesterday, man. I looked in the crowd, it was crazy, man. Too short was in the crowd, and Banks was in the crowd. I mean, you know, you know, Gary Payton was in the crowd. Like it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, you know, all the drug dealers were in the crowd. I mean, it was just stupid. <laughs> all the barbers, everything shut down, and people came to watch these young kids from East Oakland playing the state championships, and. um it was awesome. It was like I said, it was awesome running out of that tunnel and seeing all those people there. We were kind of spooked the first half and got down a little bit, and then the second half we kind of took control. And I kind of went on one in the fourth, or third in the fourth quarter, kind of locked in. Uh, I think I had twenty-one in the fourth quarter, um, so I kind of locked in in the fourth quarter. And I tell my, I tell my players now, it was one of those things where I, you know, the basket I couldn't miss. I mean, and people who know who've been in the zone, that's how I go sometimes. It's like a whole you throw it up there and it's going in. And I started to feel it. I'm like, uh oh. And I then my buddies saw it too. They was like, oh shit, Frankie, get in the rock because it's all right. <laughs> and they I'm running, I'm pulling up on the break and stuff, and it's falling. I'm like, yeah, we about to get this done. So we end up being down 17 and a half, and we cut it to two with two minutes left. Nice. Um, so we went back and forth, back and forth. My buddy, one of my best friends, missed some free. We got we we stole the ball from him. He got fouled. I think it's like 4.3 seconds left. It's a tie game at this point. Actually, no, we're we're down one at this point. And he goes to the line for a one and one and he misses the front end. Hmm. Um so we have to foul with five balls. Seconds left. Yeah. So we're down one at this point. And then they go down. Of course, they make both of the free throws. So now they're up three. And uh, we call a timeout and the coach was like, just get the ball to Frank and get out the way, basically. And uh they inbounded the ball to me and I took it down and pulled up at the top of the key and uh it banked in. And, and that place went ridiculously crazy. You know what I mean? I don't remember too much after that. I do, I've seen the film. I ran on the scoreboard. I did run on top of the scoreboard and stuff like that on the table, on the score table. I ran on top of the score table and stuff. I thought I won it. I, in my mind, I thought the game was over, but I didn't realize we were down three. I thought we were only down two. Um, so we ended up tying the game and losing in overtime. So um, a lot of people knew who I was after that game. It was crazy when that game was over. North Carolina called me. Arizona State called these schools that never even caught anything. They weren't even recruiting me, you know. Yeah. And those schools weren't really recruiting kids in the hood from Oakland anyway. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. college first, right? Um, but you know, after that, you know, and I, at that point, I still St. Mary's wasn't even an option at that point, you know. So, you know, I did that, and then all of a sudden, my phone started getting hot. So. Um, went on some visits and stuff and decided to go to St. Mary's. But that was awesome. That that I'll never forget that that moment I shared with those guys. We we never forget that. We're all good friends still. And you know, that that colleague that and that was one of the last state championships they played in Oakland Coliseum. So I think it'll go down in history. That's dope. Oh, definitely, definitely. Coach, coach, yeah. let me ask you this. So you're a big star at Fremont High and you're getting ready to choose where you want to play on the next level. Uh, you already touched on a little bit about your recruiting process. Can you dive dive into that for us and tell us what what your recruiting process was like and what ultimately made you decide to go to St. Mary's? The crazy thing is I wasn't really being recruited at all going into my senior year. I was getting recruited for football at that point. The University of Oregon offered me a football scholarship in my going into my senior year. I was a tight end, and now I don't. And I say that I'm not bragging because. Oregon at that point was garbage in football. They were, they were <laughs> terrible. I think they were at the bottom of the pack to 10 at that point, pack 10. Um, but I just didn't want to play football. Um, and I was like, okay, I was going to go to prep school. I didn't know what I was going to do. 
But, you know, as we started to play in the playoffs, I started to get more calls because we started to go a little bit deeper. Uh, and then when the season was over, it was all that craziness about the shot and the state championship and stuff like that. And at that point, Fresno State had reached out to me. Um, University of uh, UTEP reached out to me. Uh, St. Mary's reached out to me. And um, University of Virginia reached out to me. Um, so that's where I went on all my visits that year. So I had to pack them in at the end of the year, which was crazy. So I really wasn't even going to school. Um, I was just going to these places to see them. Virginia was way too far. And, uh, Virginia was a little different in California for a California boy in East Oakland. I was a little bit different. Um, UTEP was slow and it was hot and there was nothing out there. And you know what I mean? It was it was just weird. I went to school with Latino people. We went to school with Mexicans because Fremont is in the Fruitville district. And it was just different out there. That looked different. It didn't even look like the normal <laughs> Mexican people I would normally see in Fremont. It just was different. Um, so now I'm like, I really don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so I ended up going on a trip to Fresno State. I'll never forget this. I, this, I love Tarkanian. Coach Tark is the most honest person I have ever met in my life. He brought me down on a visit. I stayed with Darnell McCullough, Darnell Stamps on my trip. Um, we hang out, work out and everything. And I go meet Coach um, and sit down with him in his office. And he offers me a scholarship. And I'm like, that's awesome, Coach. You know, and he's like, but Frank, I want to I be really real with you. We'd love to have you. You're a great kid. You know, I'm not sure how much you're going to play, but you're, you're you're a great kid. He says, because I'm bringing in two pros to play guard. I'm bringing in Rafer Austin and I'm bringing in Chris Heron. So I'm Ooh. just telling you right now, you're going to play like the three or you're going to play behind them. And I really respect him for saying that. I mean, seriously, he could have just not even said that and I could have went to Fresno. Um, but I think, and I knew Skip. I, I, at that point, yeah. it was Skip. I, I knew Skip. is a legend. Mixtape tour. I didn't know who Chris was, but everybody I talked to told me he was the coldest white boy they'd ever played against. Though, so <laughs> then I'm like, all right, you know, I don't know if that's where I want to go. Um, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'll just go to prep school and play a year post grad and then figure it out. And then the last minute, St. Mary called me and was like, dude, we want you to come up. Our point guard blew his knee out last week. He's a senior. He's done. We have a scholarship available. Would you come up on a visit? So I came up on a visit. And uh, at the same time, they were doing like a high school camp at the same time I came on mm -hmm. a visit, which I found weird. So I walked around and saw that. <laughs> Then they gave me some shorts. Like I said, I, ain't, I hadn't played in a minute, though. I've been traveling. They gave me some shorts. Like, Frank, we want you to play on this team real quick. I'm like, what? You want to play on the team? So I got in on the team. And, you know, I think I scored about 30. I stole the ball a couple of times and went down and dunked it and stuff. And then they was like, OK, stop playing. You're good. You know what I mean? <laughs> they offered me the scholarship. And I signed it right there on the spot that day. Nice. That's, yeah, that's how I ended up picking up St. Mary. Now, going there was a little different. So when I got there, it was like a culture shock. Huge, huge culture shock. But can you elaborate can you on that? Yeah, can sure. you describe that? <laughs> All right, so at Fremont, I mean, we had a uniform. Basically, at Fremont High School, it was a public school, but the uniform was blue jeans and a white T-shirt. That was the uniform, right? Everybody wore it every day. Um, and when I got to St. Mary's, I looked around. Like, the crazy, I didn't even know what khaki pants were. I didn't even know what they were. I had never, had never owned a pair of khaki pants in my life. Um, but all these guys were wearing khaki pants and polo shirts and stuff. I'm like, what is going on though? And uh, um, a senior at that time who took me under his wing, he's like one of my best friends and I, I love him for this. Uh, you might know him as Mahershala Ali. Um, uh, he's a um, multi, I think, uh, Oscar winner. I think he's won it twice yeah. now. Um, 
he pulled me to the side. I never get he pulled me to the side. He's because he's from Hayward, he's a Bay Area guy. He pulled me to the side. He's like, Frank, after practice, come ride with me. I said, all right. Um, so I hopped, he had a BMW. He was cool. He was a singer. He was, you know, all the girls liked him and stuff. It was cool hanging with Hirsch, right? His name wasn't his name was Hirsch. We called him Hirsch. It was Mahershala Gilmore at that point. He changed to Ali now. So I hopped in the car with him. He took me down to TJ Maxx right there in Morocco, at the bottom of the hill in Morocco. We jump out. He was like, I'm about to help you out. He took me in there. He bought me three polo shirts. They were like $23 a piece. He bought me two khaki pants. And he was like, just mix these up, Frank. You'll be all right. I never forget that man. He looked out for me, and, and you know, nice. they, they, I came to school in a polo shirt. I didn't even know what polo I came in. I was feeling good, and, uh, just trying to mix in with him and stuff. And um, and he's the one that kind of told me he's like Frank. This is gonna be the world, man. Moraga, if you can navigate, if you can navigate Moraga, if you can navigate St. Mary's, when you get out, you can do whatever you want to do. And I took that to heart. And I learned how to play the game. It's, a, it's a really a game. <laughs> I learned how to play the game, man. Went to school and did what I was supposed to do and networked with people and, you know, talked to a lot of people. And looking back on it, St. Mary's one of the best decisions I made. So, yeah. Right on. Right on. Uh, you mentioned earlier how AU, when you were growing up, wasn't really available. Uh, for me, growing up, like, I, I didn't even know what AU was. I didn't know. I didn't know it was available for me. And now it's just like you anywhere, anyone could have an AU team. You, you guys can start an AU team right now. Huh? Yeah, right yeah. now in the interview, just yeah. start one. Just call it a quick killer crossover yeah. AU team. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, talk, talk to us about like how you first got into AU and, you know, just the explosion and how do you think the impact of AU basketball and the availability of it, the, you know, the competition of it, how it's affected the game today? Oh man, I started playing CYL because that was the only thing we could play at that time for the little Catholic school I was in. And then when I was in the fourth grade, uh, a gentleman by the name of Bill Green came up to me. He had a team called the Green Machine. And it was, uh, he had just started. He was hooked up with this guy named Rick Lynch who was doing what was called NorCal. And by the way, NorCal was like the first AAU program ever in Northern California. And uh, they the only place you could go to play was LA and Vegas. It was crazy. The only two places you could go and play was nowhere else to play. Um, so we went to LA and we went to Vegas and that was kind of like my first taste of it. And I came back in the fifth grade and then I played for the Oakland Rebels. I played on the very, very first Oakland Rebels team, 1989. I think we were 10 years old or 11. Melvin Landry, um, who worked at Bushrod Recreation Center. And that was the name of the team. It was called Bushrod first. Um, he was, um, a he was, I don't want to tell all his business, but you know, the 80s was special. So they had gotten into a lot of trouble in the 80s. Timothy Potter had gotten into a lot of trouble in the 80s. Um, and, I, and anyway, um, so part of his uh, part part of his not being in trouble was he was supposed to um, what do I want to call oh, volunteer to do some community service hours. So his volunteering was coaching this basketball team at Bushrod, and of course him, you know, they had a lot of money, you know, at that point they like we're gonna compile the best a the best ten year old team we can. So they got everybody, all the top 10-year-olds in Oakland on this team. That was crazy. We had sweatsuits and hats and stuff. You know what I mean? We were traveling all over the place. Um, so, you know, I played for the Rebels, and the Rebels was the Rebels were the first AAU program from Oakland. 
Um, and we played and we were really, really good. And Melvin did a great job at, 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 at putting that together. And he was crazy and he, you know, he taught us how to play, you know, and play with a chip on your shoulder and play like we don't care who you, like we don't care who we're playing against. And um, dude, I learned so much from Melvin, man. He, he really helped me, you know, just become a young man. And um, and that's why I tell people all the time, sometimes you're not, you're not always your worst mistake, man. Um, those guys in the 80s did some stuff because they had to. You know what I mean? When you had to feed your kids and stuff, they made bad mistakes and they paid for them and they came back and gave back to the community. And kids like me and my friends were able to really, like we'd be dead if it wasn't for them. You know what I mean? They took care of us. We'd go on trips, never had to pay for nothing. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way we would be able to go on all these trips to Florida, Tennessee, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, and they paid for it, you know? So, and those guys, you know, sometimes the bad guys aren't bad guys. You know what I mean? They're yeah. actually good. They're just in bad scenarios and stuff. But we did that and I, I really learned how to play. The crazy thing is on that Rebel team, when I was 15, I think it was 14 or, no, I was 13, 13 or 14, we got to the uh, AAU National Championship game. Yeah. Which is crazy. Uh, nobody in California had ever done that. We were in Portsmouth, Virginia, I think, or Portsmouth, Tennessee. I can't remember which one it was. We were like 13, 12 or 13 years old. Anyway, mm -hmm. so we're playing. We got to the National Championship game. So the game is televised. So we're juice. We're trying to win a national championship. On the other team, I'm not even gonna tell you the other team. I'm gonna tell you to play. So we're playing against a team. It's called the Motor City Mavericks. They were the number one team in the country in our division at that at our age group. So we're getting ready to throw the ball up for jump ball. Okay. They had a six six. Now we're 13 at this point. They had a six six, 225 pound, 12 year old jumping. <laughs> His name was Tractor Trailer. Wow. Oh, man. Okay. So, so they throw the ball up. The infamous Tractor Trailer. Tractor Trailer tips the ball to a guy who's about 6'1", 6'2", blazing quick, could dunk it, could drive it, could shoot it. His name was Stefan Mulberry. So he catches <laughs> the ball, and then he just throws the ball up towards the rim. This is the first play of the game. He throws the ball up to the rim. And then this tall, skinny, six, 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 five black kid who heck of skinny at that time, he catches it and dunks it backwards on the first play of the game on the tip. And that was Kevin um Garnett. Kevin Garnett. I mean, <laughs> oh, man. dude, they had a roster. I mean, <laughs> now we didn't know who they were at that time. We knew the names. We never knew they would end up being who they ended up being. You know yeah. what I mean? But it was crazy. But and after losing that game, we came home and we was like, dude, we got work with them. Shit, we not good enough. I mean, just straight These up. Were, we're, we're not middle good. school. We were in middle school. This was like this was like 12, 13, 13. like twelve or thirteen. Okay, we just wasn't right. good enough, and that really opened our eyes up that other cats is playing is good all across the country, and that they playing the chain like they like in Louisiana and Detroit and them cats is playing the really get the get out the hood though, <laughs> like <laughs> the only way out though. Um, so we came back with a work ethic, man, and got after it, and a lot of us got better because of it, though. So that was my experience nice. with AAU, man. Nice. How do you think, uh, you know, the, the availability of AAU and the competition of AAU now is affecting the game? It's watered down now. Anybody can start a team. You know, any dad with any kind of money with reverse, reversible jerseys can start a team. So it's getting watered down. It's too many teams. But that's one half of the coin. The other half is more kids are getting access to the game more kids can play that normally wouldn't be able to play. Um, there was a lot of people, like Eddie House got cut from our team. 
our Rebels team. He just wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that doesn't happen because you'll find a team to be able to play on. And by the way, Eddie House was a killer. I don't want to make it seem because I know if Eddie sees it, I love oh, yeah, him. No. Eddie, Eddie's my brother. <laughs> That's uh, a Hayward High legend right there. Major Hayward High legend. Eddie was a killer, you, you know. Um, but when he was like 12, 13, he just wasn't there yet. You know what I mean? And we had some guys. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, a two, it's a two-sided coin. It's way too many teams, but, you know, there's more kids getting to play. You mentioned earlier how, you know, big the, those big time schools like North Carolina, uh, Virginia, West Virginia, they weren't they weren't recruiting kids from Oakland, um, even though, you know, you had, you know, your Gary Payton, your Brian Shaw, your Antonio Davis coming out of coming out of Oakland, even, you know, Jason Kidd coming out of Alameda. Uh, what do you think it was about Oakland that, you know, just couldn't get people just couldn't get people out there and on the map until until a little more recently it's just a rap of the kids i mean you know you assume that certain things are attached to kids from oakland i mean just like la same kind of thing yeah um you know i mean that's that, that's pretty that's pretty much as it uh, you know i think gary and them opened the door i will say that when i was little gary payton and those guys were raw you know gary went to skyline he was killing uh, I remember Gary and Brian Shaw. Brian was at um, Bishop Dow at that point. Um, they were very good town guys and stuff. Um, they would go back and pick up Jason. I remember that specifically, like Gary, and then would pick up Jason and work out with Jason. So when Jason was like in the tenth grade, he used to pick me and my buddy Calvin up, and we used to work out with Jason in the seventh, eighth grade, you know. And then we did that with some younger people too. That has stopped, and that's one thing that's bad about the game. Um, the older guys who are good usually would pull some of the younger kids who had um, potential and work out with them, you know, and kind of get them yeah. ready kind of thing. I think Gary kind of opened the door a little bit. But when Jason came through the door, Jason changed everything because uh, Jason could have played the NBA when he was in the 10th grade. <laughs> um, he was just extremely dominant the whole way. Um, but see, after Jason, there wasn't really it was like a vacuum. There wasn't really a lot of guys from Oakland who were getting out. Um, yeah. And then when I coached at Fremont, I went back to Fremont High School and coached. That's where I coached my first 10 years coaching. Um, Oakland Tech probably had one of the best high school teams I'd ever seen at that, that time. Um, they had a, a cat named Q, Quentin Thomas, who actually went to North Carolina. I remember Q. Yeah. They had Leon Poe that was on Leon the team. Mm -hmm. yeah. They had Deuce. Deuce went to Eastern Washington. Deuce was like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, they had Amando Surratt who went to Florida. I mean, they, they were just loaded. I can keep going. That day, Demar Shea Johnson who went to Nevada Reno. I mean, they were just loaded. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and it was that was phenomenal that those guys were getting those kind of rides, though. But I think Hugh kind of opened it up for a lot of people when he went to North Carolina. A lot of people was like, you know what, we need to we need to recruit in that area. There's some there's some talent in there. Yeah. And after them, you got the Tim Pierces who I who I coached. Uh, he went to Arizona State. You have Antonio Kellogg from the Climbers, yeah. who ended up at UConn. So they started to dig in Oakland because they realized there was some players there. Um, and now the knock is there's always a good guard from Oakland. It's always you got to find them. <laughs> now that's yeah. the knock, you know, especially with Dane doing what he was doing, right? Yeah, I was just gonna say <laughs> nobody was recruiting Dane. I know. I, I mean, we got coached against him. Nobody was recruiting Dane. That's a shame. That's, that's that's a shame. Great. And Dane what he did at Weber killer. State, what he did Dane at Weber State was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, Dane was a killer at Oakland High too. Yeah, 
Um, but it's just people didn't come out and see him. They thought the grades or what issue, you know, you know, the, the rap with the Oakland kids and stuff. And when he went to Weber, he was killing from the gate from the from day one. And the best thing that happened to him was breaking his foot. When he broke his foot, he redshirted and got stronger and started watching film and approached the game a little bit differently. And he came back averaging 30, you know, and then we knew what was going to happen at that point. Um, and then Will Cherry, Will Cherry is from the climbers too. He played for the Warriors for a little bit and stuff. He yeah. with Montana. So, you know, you'll always find a guy from Oakland with a chip on his shoulder, you know, like a Juan or whoever, you know, a kid that's just going to get after it and play hard and play the right way. Um, so, yeah, hopefully I answered that question for you. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. I got I, I got one for you, Coach. Uh, so we're we going we gonna to go back uh, on the college campus, uh, your St. Mary's days. Okay. Can, you, can you talk about some of the adversity that you um, faced while, while in college and how you <laughs> overcame that? Oh, wow. Well, first day, my first day in account, I was in accounting class. I was in an accounting class. I was a business major at first. I was in an accounting class. I'm not going to say the professor's name because I like her now. Um, she's going around first day and she's asking everybody, you know, hey, what should say your name? Where are you from? You know, some of the things you do, just introduce yourself, right? So she's going around and gets to me. And I say, my name is Frank. You know, I'm from Oakland. And she says, what sport do you play? Oh, wow. And that kind of shook my cage a little bit. I'm like, damn, she think the only reason I could be sitting in this class is because I could throw a ball through a hoop? That's crazy. Or run a football or something. I don't even think she thought she offended me, too. And that really hurt me this at another level. I was even deeper than the, than the, than the, the comment. So at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm about to show her and everybody else that I could be here both ways. You know what I mean? I could be here because I'm a hooper and I can be here because I'm smart enough to be here. Um, and I just lit a fire under me and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna get it done. Uh, I took an English, I took an English course with a teacher, uh, Father Russo, who gave me an F um, my sophomore year. He just said I wasn't, he said, you're not cut out for this. You're just not good enough for this. I mean, that's pretty much what he said. And uh, my senior year, I had him again for my, uh, my thesis. So I had to write like a hundred page paper with this dude. Um, and he gave me the highest grade in the class. Um, and I wrote I wrote my thesis in 99 on paying college athletes. It was called Amateur Professionalism. That was back in the, back before anybody was talking about. Yeah, uh, I was just I was talking about how crazy it was. I mean, we was the, we were starving. You know what I mean? <laughs> and packing out St. Mary's every day. You know, every game. You know, and it was uh, I'm like, this is just not right. The coaches is making a million dollars and leaving and stuff. Everybody getting paid except us, and uh, we the ones doing the work. You That's, know, really, that was in 99. So fast forward 20 years later, these college athletes are getting paid off their likeness now. Finally. Yeah. And they, as they should. As they, as as they, they should, yeah. Name, as they Absolutely. Should. I mean, what they did to the Fab Five is wrong. Absolutely. You know, I've been man, saying that for absolutely years. Absolutely ridiculous. Put them yeah. banners up, man. They made so much money. They they changed the whole culture of the sport, though. Right. And didn't make a dollar. Right. Now, Chris, thing, Weber, Chris Weber I'll took be. money. I'm sure he took money. He should have. Yeah. And that's the thing though, like all they want is just for their banners to go back up. That's it. It's ridiculous. And I think I think now that Westlane's the coach there, I think he's working on that. I think he's gonna get that done. I think actually Chris uh, went Juwan to Howard. Yeah, Juwan. I think all of them have went to a game, at least to one game, which is crazy, you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of them said they would never go back there because of that. Yeah. Um, so I think Juwan is trying to close that gap. And we just at a little different place now. You know, you can't mm -hmm. defend people no more. And they realizing that. Um, it's a lot of money being spread out in college sports. 
and uh, the athletes almost get none of it. So it, 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 that's it's going to change even more. I think it's going to get to the point where college is just going to be farm systems for NBA teams. I mean, I forget, I forget her name. Uh, she's the guard from Connecticut. I think her name, first name is Paige. Okay. Paige, you know what I'm talking uh, about? Paige, Paige Buker or something like that? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, she yeah. just She yeah. just signed like a million dollar plus deal for her likeness just recently, I saw. Here's the crazy thing. I think Master P-Son is going to a black school. He's going to an HBCU. He signed like a $700,000 name and likeness deal. He making more than his coach. That's crazy. In California, I guess California has the most uh, lax name and likeness law, uh, name, and name and likeness laws of all the states. My son just did one last week, man. I guess some little uh, I seen some, some little company that does bracelets or something. Yeah, the wristbands. Yeah, so they're kicking him in for every product that people buy with his code. And he's a <laughs> brand ambassador and stuff. And this is crazy. I'm like, this could never would have happened. Um, <laughs> I've seen so that. I, Shout out Trey, man. Trey, Trey. But it's just a different it's a different time and we understand the money that's involved. Everybody understands the money that's involved. And you know, when Zion when Zion blew his Nike shoe out on television, oh, man. I remember that, game, that changed yeah. the game. I was watching that game. Everybody was like, This kid cannot get hurt yeah. playing yeah. around at Duke. <laughs> like for <laughs> real. Like absolutely. And, and even Coach K was like, That come on, we gotta do something here. You know what I mean? We gotta give him something. Um, so I'm happy for the youngsters. They get the benefit from it, you know, and it's about time, you know, cause a lot of them really just want to be able to have some money in their pocket and maybe take care of moms or whatever it is though, you know, and, and um, your, sorry. go ahead, go ahead. I, I'm just saying we couldn't even, I mean, it was crazy. I couldn't, I get, the coaches couldn't even give us money to make photocopies when I was in college. <laughs> in your opinion, why was there such a huge pushback from the NCAA as far as and athletes is it a control thing or yeah, i think it's a little bit of control I, I mean from my research when i did that paper if i can remember i think it's because if you pay them they become employees and they don't want to give them the full rights of employees you know because employees can strike or right. they can sue you if they get hurt or they give them benefits and all that benefits, you know or you have to insure them you know what i mean and i think that was the issue when they when they did that amateurism law back in the day, that was only to stop black kids from getting paid. I mean, that was the reason they did it. The crazy thing is that in other sports, the amateur rule didn't even apply. So like you could be a swimmer and make money from Speedo at a college, but couldn't play hoop and make money from Nike. And it was specifically targeted to certain groups. So I was a lot say, of because I know baseball, you could get drafted out of high school, correct? And still go to college, and you're still getting paid by the baseball team that drafted you, correct? Um, and the crazy thing is that I, you know, that name and likeness thing, it was, it, it was just oh, the great thing is I got a check, I got a check from EA Sports about five years ago. The check is $27, <laughs> but I guess everybody who's in 1997, they came out with the NC2A 1997 for EA Sports. Yeah. They could not use anybody's name. It was illegal to use everybody's name at that point. But they had every roster. So St. Mary's was part of the team because we went yeah. to the tournament. So I'm on there. This little fat chubby dude, number 44, is in the roster. You could put him in. I used to play with myself. It was crazy. I was 98, we would play, and I'd be playing, and I'd shoot with myself every time. It was crazy. But the thing <laughs> about it was I would get, I would get tired so quick. My stamina was super low. It pissed me off. 
So like I would start missing at the end. Um, and it was just a trip that I could play with myself on a video game, but couldn't make no money about it. But everybody else is playing. Yeah. You know? And what's his name? O'Bannon actually sued the NC2A um, in his case. And that because of his case, everybody who's ever been, their image has been used in the NC2A got a check. So I got a $27 check. So that was cool. Nice. Well, nice. I bought a burger. I bought a burger for on EA Sports. <laughs> uh, let's go through your coaching journey. You you had you mentioned you spent your first ten years coaching at Fremont. You had a stint at uh, De La De La Salle, yeah, um, yeah, with Coach Laco and came to Moreau yeah. and you turned things around at Moreau. Take us through that journey. Oh man, I started playing bad after so I graduated from I graduated from St. Mary's. Um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I tried to play overseas. I signed with Magic Johnson's team in Sweet. Um, so I went up to Stockholm and played for like a couple months, and it just wasn't it wasn't you know what it was a little different than what you think it was. I'm like, hold on, baby. you know what I mean? You're not gonna pay me twenty thousand dollars here forever, you know? Um, so I came back. And I found out I was having shame. So I'm like, I'm not going back there. I'm going I'm to be rooted here. I want to be with my son. I'm not going to let him get away from me kind of thing. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I want to stay involved in the game. And at that point, um, Frank Alaco, his son, played with me in St. Mary's. The dad called me and was like, Frank, I think you'd be a great, I think you'd be a great coach. I want to bring you in at De La Salle. I'm like, okay, I'll come in. So I came in at De La Salle as an assistant. I was the assistant on the freshman B team. We practiced at six in the morning <laughs> before school. I did that for about half the season. And Alaka was like, I just wanted to see if you were going to really work. I know you're good enough to coach. I just want to see if you're going to work. He said, I'm moving you up. So he moved me up to varsity and I stayed with him that year. That year we won the state championship. I got bit by the bug ever since. We beat Tyson Chandler's Dominguez team. In the yeah. yeah. Um, and I got bit by the bug. I'm like, I love this. I love this. So I'm like, I'm like, coach, but I want to coach college. He was like, well, if you want to coach college, you probably need to move right now. He was like, so, you know, I can get you a junior college job. Coach Emilio's at DVC. So I went over to DVC. So I coached a year at DVC under Coach Emilio. And I learned about junior college basketball. It's crazy. Junior college basketball is crazy. Um, it's crazy. pretty intense, crazy. especially especially come March, man. The best players in America play junior college basketball. I tell people that all the time because they usually can't qualify or something happens yeah. in a bad situation. You don't want to be there if you're not good. Because uh, there's some monsters in junior college, right? So I did that for a year, and then Fremont called me. Fremont High School, my alum called me. Um, the coach I played for had just got fired, and they wanted to bring me in as the coach. So I took that job immediately, and I coached there for 10 years. I loved it. Um, coaching the OAL in the heyday, like the heyday. The, the, this is back when the OAL was monstrous. I already told you about the tech team. Yeah. But, you know, um, um, game was at Oakland High. I mean, it was it was Division One cats on every single team in the league. There was not a team that did not have multiple Division One players. Oakland was good in basketball at that time. So I did that for 10 years, and I was an AD at Fremont. I loved it. I was coaching. I was teaching. I didn't want to leave. And the crazy thing is Joe Morgan's brother is good friends with my dad. So he called my dad one day and was like, dude, Moreau needs a new coach. And I was thinking your son might be interested. My dad's like, hell no, you're not going. Moreau is terrible. <laughs> you know, like, every day before you go to get wins. He's like, my son is in the OAL. He's AD. Cool, blah, blah, blah. 
See, I, that was my dad talking. Um, so I talked to my mom. My mom, see, moms is practical. You always got to run it by my, I talked to moms. Moms is like, well, if you don't go, that's fine. Just go interview. You need to work on your interviewing skills. You haven't interviewed in a long time, Frank. Just go work on it and see how it is. So I went over there and interviewed with Lauren Lent and she sold me. It was crazy. She sold me. She got me to leave Fremont and come to Perot Cafe. And um, when I got there, it was interesting. So <laughs> I got there. <laughs> They had won two games the year before I got there. They were two and 24 the year before I got there. Um, the first year there, we won 19 games, same roster. And uh, I got coach of the year that year. I think that was 2010, 2011. I got coach of the year that year for that. Um, and then they allowed us to start bringing some players in, which was great. So we really hit the ground moving. We used that pipeline from Oakland. All the friends I had got kids now. <laughs> they kids in high school, they want to send them to me. Now they figured that they would get a better education, which they will. You know what I mean? They'll get to get up out of Oakland for a minute, which hell, you know, which is cool, you know. Um, and they started to send me their kids. And, you know, one thing led to another. And then I remember uh, throwing my summer camps and a little tall, skinny, um, dark-skinned kid is at the camp. He went to St. Beans, St. Beans. And I'm like, this kid's gonna be good. You know, it looks like he's gonna be good. Uh, and his name was Oscar Freire. And um, we actually talked to him and sold him on camp. And he decided to come. And once he came, four other guys who was Oscar's friends came. And the next thing you know, that thing just started on top of rolling, 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 rolling. rolling. And um, we went to the playoffs every year I've been in Moreau. We've never not been in the playoffs. Um, when Oscar, I think when after Oscar got there, we won four NCS championships. Um, we played in five. The only one we had lost was to Bishop O'Dowd when they had Ivan Rabb on the team. Yeah. Um, and since then, we beat Bishop O'Dowd three straight times since then. Seven foot. Seven foot dude in. in high school. Bishop oh, you had to throw that in for Lou, just in case Lou sees this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been beating up on O'Dowd since then, but we won, we, I think we won, Oscar played in four, he won three, and then Damari won two while he was while he oh. was there. Um, so Damari ended up getting four straight. He went to four straight while he was there. Yep. Um, championships and stuff. So it's just been rolling ever since. And then when Damari two, left. Um, two NorCal appearances. Two NorCal, champ, two Northern California championships. We won both of them. Yeah. Uh, and then lost in the state championship. And then. Yeah. Uh, after Damari left, Kyrie came. It just became one of those things. Kyrie's playing for the Wizards right now. Uh, he's with the D-League team now. Um, but I mean, that thing just start. It, it just keeps going. And right now, I got a, I got one of the top freshmen in the state right now, uh, Kellen Hampton, about six five, six six freshman. He's gonna be really, really good when we get through with him. So it's just one of those things now that we've shown that we can deliver. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you're a parent that got a kid and you want him to get a great education and you want him to be taught, you know. Um, by some pretty good coaches who know what we're doing and you know and uh gonna get after your kid and prepare him for the world you know and then prepare him for basketball at the next level we get those kids so you know i think we'll be all right with that but you know i i think you know my journey through coaching has been awesome i've coached under some great coaches and learned from some awesome coaches one thing about my coaching and <laughs> my coaching if i had to give you like my coaching my you know the thing that I the thing that I try to do is I take all the good stuff that I remember from all the coaches I've ever been around 
and I get rid of all the bad stuff. That's that's really my secret. The stuff that they did that they did I didn't like. I'm like I'll never do that. He screams too much, right? I never do that. Right? He runs them too much. I never do that. Or he's just pulling the kids. The kids are spooked out there. I'd never do that. You know what I mean? And just doing the things that I really really like that the coaches did when I played. Um, so yeah, that was my coaching experience or my coaching journey so far. So your your coaching style, would you say that you're more of a player's coach, tough guy, no nonsense, a little, little mixture of everything? The players who currently play for me don't think I'm a player's coach. Everybody <laughs> who leaves thinks that I'm a player's coach when it's over with. My whole thing is that, and I tell them, if you, if you want to play like a robot, we're not the place to go. You know yeah. what I mean? We're going to teach you how to play basketball and then allow you to play. I mean, that's really that's really how I feel. Um, we're going to coach you in practice and let you play during the game. I think the game is not the time to coach people. We're glorified cheerleaders at that point. If you haven't taught them what they need to know at that point, you're screwed, right? Um, so we teach them how to play, how to make decisions, how to make reads, what to do. And then when the game starts, we give them the platform to be able to just go out there and get it done. You never want to muzzle the best players on the team. You can't muzzle the ox. You just can't do that. Yeah. You have to give them the freedom to make decisions. And sometimes they make bad ones. And sometimes they make good ones, but they learn from them. You know what I mean? And like Damari will tell you right now, Damari's probably one of the better players I've coached. He'll tell you right now, that freedom allows you to become a really, really good player. Um, especially when you get going. <laughs> we played St. Francis in the NorCal Finals. He had 44 in, in, in the NorCal Finals. I remember finals. that game. I mean, he was shooting from half. <clears throat> um, yeah. A lot of coaches wouldn't let that happen. But hey, what am I going to do? Go out there and guard him? There's nothing I can do. They said, watch and tell him what to do. You know, hey, we're going to run this or we're going to run that, you know. But I, so to answer your question, Maurice, I, I think I'm a little bit of both, um, but I do it out of love. I think all my players know I love them. I'm trying to get the best out of them, you know. And I think everybody can go somewhere. And I, and I think, you know, you can tell them that everybody can go somewhere, no matter where, you know, D2, D3, junior college, let's meet you where you are and get you to what you need to do when you go to the next level. Um, and this is what they're going to do at the next level. And this is how they're going to demand it. This is how they're going to play help side. This is going to be the rotations. And, and this is how they're going to do, you know, just getting them prepared. And a lot of the college coaches that we send kids to tell us that the kids are prepared to play at that level. Um, so all of the kids usually end up starting. Oscar started his freshman year. Terrell started his freshman Brandon started his freshman year. I just went to go see Mata. Mata plays for Stanislaw State. They played UOP the other night. He started. His third game of the season, he started there. You know, so the kids are prepared. Uh, and I think they know how to play. They know how to read and react. They're not robots. They know how to read and react. They know what to do. So Maurice, you guard my guy and he sends you off a ball screen and you go underneath, best believe they're firing. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what they never want to you never want to go under that ball that's, screen. You gotta fight on top of that ball screen all the time, all the day, or it's lunch. All day. You know, it's no matter lunch money, center, money it my, Yeah, it could be my center. He's gonna right. be. I mean, because right. that's what we that's what we teach. Him. Right, right. Um, so you know, we try to do stuff like that. That's one that's one thing that I really have and always admired, you know, working with you and and you know, just watching as as a fan and observer was this mindset of teaching and grooming these young men to become upstanding citizens, but using basketball as a vehicle. And it's just the way the way you guys do it from year to year. And every four years, you, you have a whole new set of kids in the system. 
every yeah. four years. So it's like, that's something that I've always admired. And like, how do you do it? Like you every know, four years you have a brand new group. Basketball is life. I tell people all the time, sports is life. It's a, I really think if you're trying to teach life lessons, football is actually the best sport to do it in. Because it's, it's, it's just like life. It's a whole bunch of people you got to go to work with every day. You might not like none of them. Everybody got their own role. You don't worry about nobody else's role. You know what I mean? You got to do yours. Um, if everybody loses, if one person fails, we all lose. That's kind of like the football thing. But for basketball, we try to just, you know, tie it into life, man. You know, like if a kid's not in help side, I'll stop practicing. You've heard me do, I'll stop practicing. Yeah. I'll ask, is that your friend? Like, do you like, dude? Is that your friend? Because if that's your friend, you need to help me, man. Like, I would help you. You're my friend. I would help you. So this is where you need to be if you're going to help, right? And we just keep beating that down, right? You're supposed to be on time to places. So I need you to be where you're supposed to be. If you're not there, you're going to get fired. I don't want you to get fired. You know what I mean? You get fired from your job, then you can't pay your bills. Your wife going to leave. Then you don't even have a girlfriend. Like, we really got to talk about the, the stuff that you learn that you can extrapolate from the sport and take it with you, you know, in life. And you're going to play with people that you don't like and you're going to work with people you don't like. And you're going to play with selfish people and you're going to work with selfish people. You know what I mean? I mean, That's it's just right. it's life. So what are you going to do? It's not about what happens. It's like, how are you going to deal with it, though? Like, what are you going to do to make this a better situation until you can get to your next job or the next place you're going to? Right. So that one year I had Damari and Kyrie. I have to tell this story because I can write a book about this year. Um, I had two very, very good players and they both thought they were Batman. And the other one, they thought the other one was Robin. That was the issue that was going on. I had two alphas. They were both alphas, too. And they both wanted to run the team, though. And we were in LA playing in this tournament, getting blasted. I think we were two and nine. And literally, I'm in the hotel lobby with the coaches, like, I think I'm about to step down. I think I'm going to take a leave of absence. This team is too good for us to be losing. This is just crazy. I got one guy who comes down and looks off the other guy and shoots it. Like, we got to fix this. So I brought him in to a meeting. I never got brought him into a meeting in the hotel room there. I'm like, look, I know y'all don't like each other. That's cool. You don't got to like each other. I know y'all don't like each other. I know y'all entourages don't like each other. I already know that. Y'all both think y'all Batman, the whole thing. But I'm telling you, if you guys can just, during the game, get along and play the game the right way, we will go to the state championship. By the way, we're two and nine at this point. And I'm like, can y'all promise me that y'all can do that? Just like, I ain't talking about in school. In school, y'all walk by each other, don't say nothing. When we get to practice, and when we play in these games, when we're together, I want y'all to act like y'all like each other. I want you to act like we need each other, because you do. And they agreed, even though they didn't want to, you know, look, yeah, all right, I agree to do it kind of thing. Yeah. We won 25 games in a row. Oh. It was crazy. Got to the state championship and lost, though, and barely lost, though. We should have won that game and barely lost. Um, and I respect those men. And I think they learned a huge lesson. Both of them are playing right now. One's playing for the Wizards, one's playing for Fullerton. They learned a huge lesson there. That, it, that you don't have to like the people you're doing this with. It doesn't matter. We're professionals. We're coming here to get this done. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's about the job that's in front of us. Let's get this done because the further we get, the more spoils everybody gets. You know, the better your rides are, the better my record is. You know what I mean? <laughs> the easier it is for me to get a new player. We all win and we win it, right? So you gotta get them to buy into, like, if we do well together, everybody's gonna eat. You know, and that's that Oakland mentality. We got enough pieces for everybody. We all gonna eat. The problem is, is when one person tries to eat and doesn't let everybody else eat. That's when all the issues happen. 
you know. So it's kind of like, let's do it. And they all bought in, man. And I, that team is one of my favorite teams, man. They mm -hmm. bought in and we got to the <laughs> state championship and there's some good young men. What year was this coach? That was 2017, 16, 17, I think. Six, okay. Yeah. 16, yeah. 17, yeah. Um, so, and Kyrie was the number one freshman in the country, played for us. Uh, and Damari had scored 2,475 points at Moreau that year and, oh. and, and really didn't have a jumper, which was crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? To score that many points without having a jumper, though. But he just knew how to play. Um, you know, and, and those guys finally got it together and they put the blinders on and, you know, didn't really listen to the outside noise and they just locked in for a small period of time. And, you know, we got that thing going and it was beautiful. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Just to bring it back a little bit, um, Damari had, a, you know, mentioned uh, Damari's, you know, friction with Kyrie uh, early on when they played together, but then when Damari played with Oscar, it was like a seamless fit. Yeah, they were they they were like brothers from the jump, um, and their their chemistry on the court was amazing. Uh, Oscar really took Damari under his wing. Talk, talk about Oscar, because I mean, he was just a he was just one of the most outstanding young men I've ever met. One of a kind, probably the best player I've, I've coached, and not because of what he could do on the floor, but just kind of the person he was. Mm -hmm. It was just something about him that was just magnetic. You wanted to be around him, period, though. And even though he was really good, he always deflected it. He was one of those kind of guys. Yeah. Oh, my team's hooked me up. You know, well, the team did this. He was always that kind of guy. So people loved to go to battle with him. Um, and um, he took Damari under his wing. But, I mean, we also had Brandon Lawrence on that team. Yeah. He went to St. John's. He played in the Big East. He had Terrell Brown on that team. Went to New Mexico State, played in the WAC. Um, we had an Oscar that that and they all love and Oscar was the anchor. Yeah. Um when Oscar got to when Oscar got to Moreau, he really didn't have a jump shot at all and um he could jump out the gym. So we had the Oscar rule. The Oscar rule was he could goaltend whenever he wanted. We didn't even <laughs> we like go goaltended every single time. I'm like, if you can get it, even if it's on the rim, slap it off the rim. So his whole freshman year is all he did. He just slapping stuff off the rim, pinning people to the backboard and stuff. So they were calling it goaltending at first. But around like the sixth game, you know, you got the same association of referees. Around the six games, the referees started to become fans. And they was letting that go. They was swallowing the whistle. And he had <laughs> people. And I'm like, oh, wow, this dude is going to be good, right? So we're talking to him and stuff. And every year, I told Oscar, and I've done this with a couple kids. I'm like, Oscar, every summer, we're gonna add something to your tool belt. Every single summer, we're gonna build a bear with you. So we'll work on something every summer to make you better. So the first summer we worked on his dribbling. All summer, that's all we did, working on his dribbling. The next summer we worked on his jumper. We shot a thousand jump shots a day in the summer in the gym with the shooting machine. And then the last year it was like, okay, it's your leadership. You gotta learn how to lead people. You gotta get people to follow you, right? So every summer we were doing this and that dude left a monster. I mean, he was shooting three. Oh, yeah. He was going up and dunking it on people. He blocking shots and stuff. And Damari loved it because all he has to do is throw the ball anywhere in the vicinity of the rim. And Oscar was Somewhere gonna, in the square. Yeah, Oscar was gonna dunk it. It didn't even matter, you know? So then he started to get juiced about it because he looked good as a point guard. So then he starts doing all this and just throwing it up over his head. <laughs> uh, against Logan one time, he threw it off the backboard and Oscar caught it and went yep. 
it was just ridiculous. You know? that. <laughs> and uh and we were packing out Moreau. You couldn't even get seats. People were scalping tickets in the parking lot. That's how crazy <laughs> it was for a high school game. This That's crazy. Electrifying because he just dunked. It was just ridiculous how he was dunking. What the best dunk I've ever seen this man do was in San Francisco one time. He's right-handed. He jumped off the wrong foot, by the way, and 360 dunk and went the wrong way. He didn't even go clockwork. He went the other way. I ain't never seen nothing like that in my life, though. You went counterclockwise, coach? Correct. Off the wrong foot. Sheesh. <laughs> Still dunk. Jesus. I'm like, this dude is one of the best athletes I've ever coached, though. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and he committed and he committed to Cal because he wanted to go to Cal his whole life and stuff. And then he decommitted because he wanted to open back up. And he's like, look, I want to look at some more options and stuff like that. And as soon as he opened up, Dan Marley was in my office like the next day. Under Dan. And Dan Marley got on that plane and he was in my office. Like, I want this kid. How do we get him? And then, you know, Dan Marley talks to you like, you know, and I think that's why he struggled at uh, GCU. Dan Marley's an NBA guy. They talk to people differently. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they talk like NBA guy. So when he talks, he talks like an NBA guy. He talked to Oscar and Oscar loved it. You know, he loved it. He's like, that's what I want to play for. You know, I want to play for a guy that got that kind of mentality. You know what I mean? And he committed to him. And, you know, the rest is history. He's one of the best players that play at GCU, you know? Um, the most sold jersey they had there. Yeah. I took the team there for a tournament. I took the team there for a tournament in Arizona. We went to the, the game to watch Oscar play. And literally 3,000 people with Oscar's jersey on in the gym. <laughs> Jumping up and down, ah, going crazy and stuff. And this was his freshman year. Yeah, he really helped turn that program up too. After him, they started getting more soldier players. They started getting more Oakland kids. They started getting more cats from the hood because he made it cool. You know what I mean? And the next thing you know, they're in the NCAA tournament. So, you guys were obviously very close. Um, and the unfortunate news that he did pass away in a car accident. Uh, where were you when you got the news and kind of to walk us through those emotions that you had? I was golfing. Oof. I was golfing. Uh, it was, it was, you know, it was in the spring. It, it, it was crazy. I was, I was golfing, you know, and my phone rang and I didn't answer. And a message, somebody left a message. It was like, hey, have you talked to Oscar? And I'm like, yeah, I talked to him last night. They're like, oh, okay. I kept playing. Like, no, you know, I don't care. I ain't, I ain't paying attention to that. I'm, I'm going to keep playing, you know, and uh, kept playing. And then I got another call from somebody else who asked me how to talk to Oscar. So then, you know, something was going on. You know what I mean? I didn't know if it was true or not, but it's like two random people just called me and asked me that I talk to Oscar. So now I'm tripping a little bit. So I'm like, okay. So I take out my phone and I go to his Instagram page. And at that point, you know how a little circle means, you know, how you put a story up? Right. At that point, he had a story up. Okay. And I'm like, okay, cool. All right. He got a story up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, okay. So I texted him. I'm like, oh, man, let me know. Holla at me, man. Let me know what's going on. Two days before that, I'd watched him in the NC2A tournament. So I know, you know, it's like, okay, I'm like, hit me off, you know? <laughs> and, you know, no answer. No answer. I talked to him the night before. Um, he had hit me and was like, can I get in the gym? Crazy. Can I get in the gym? I'm like, dude, you just got to play the NC2A tournament. What you mean you can get in the gym? I'm like, first of all, Oscar, nobody in California can get in the gym. 
<laughs> Ain't nobody get a gym nowhere, number one. I'm like, but number two, you know, when you get back, you know, holla at me when you get back. You're like, okay, okay. He says, I'm going to the Chinese food place in San Leandro. That's the last text message I have from him. And I'm like, okay, well, I hit me, hit me tomorrow. Let's let's link up. So I was going, you know, I'm golfing and I'm like, damn, he's not, he hasn't responded. So I'm texting him, no response, no response, no response. So then I got the third call. They told me that they heard he was in a car accident. So then I'm like, okay, what hospital is he in? Let's get there. I need to get there. We need to get there to find out what's going on. And when I said that, the person who told me was like, no, it's no hospital to go to. We heard he died. Wow. I, I was on hold like 12. I just, I stopped. I that got in the car, drove off. Driving back to the court, driving back to the clubhouse and stuff. Lost it. Just crying and shit. You know, like, dude. Not like, nah, I'm like, God, not oh man, not oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he just got through playing in his Twitch two days ago, not oh, it's gotta be a mistake, man, not oh, you know what I mean? And called my mom, and she's like, oh no, she loved it. She's like, oh no, tell him no, Frank, well, let's let's be careful, you know how practical mom is, be careful, let's wait and find out, you know, it could be a mistake and stuff. And, you know, on my drive home, I got six more calls, I stopped answering my phone. You know, and then I got ended up with like 15 messages and stuff. And then I called Oscar's mom and no answer, no answer, of course. Then I called her and eventually she answered. And she's like, Frank, I don't know what's going on, but my daughter and my son haven't been here since last night. You know what I mean? She says, I woke up this morning and the front door was jar ajar. She said, that never happens. They know not to leave the door open. They would always close the door. She says, so I'm waiting to hear, blah, blah, blah. So... It was tough, man. You know, so they had to do the dental records and stuff to find out who was in the car and all that stuff. And then when they got that, it was just a terrible, terrible day. You know what I mean? And it, it's tough. And I kind of use it with the current kids now sometimes. And I don't know if this is happening to y'all lives, you can tell me, but I know what Mia does a lot. Sometimes some of the best stuff that ever happened to me is sandwiched in between some of the worst things that ever happened to me. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Just the way life works and shit is crazy. But it crumbles. It sucks. But some of the, in my lifetime, Coach, some of the best things that's ever happened to me has been through adversity and through tears. Yeah. Man, it's like, damn. And it's like, dude, we talked to him because he wasn't going to go back that year. He was done. He was going to go overseas and play. And uh, when Bryce Drew got the job, he called me. He was like, man, can we talk Oscar into coming back? We really want him. He gets the year back and he wants to come back because of COVID and everything. And I called Oscar. He's like, night. I need to make some money, man. <laughs> He's like, this is crazy. Like, I need to make some money. I'm like, well, just think about it. Oh, you can get a degree. You're going to be the man. You're playing for a new coach. It's a one-year deal, blah, blah, blah. So he decided to go back and get his degree. So we were all juiced. You know, we had found out that he had already finished his degree. So he finished his degree in the first semester. So he was done. You know, he was just playing hoop. You know, so we were super proud of him. I talked to him, you know, before the NC Toy Tournament, tell him how proud we were of him. You know, that you got that degree. Like, that's big, man. Now you can yeah. go into coaching if you want to or whatever you want to do. And he's like, I don't know what to do yet. You know, that kind of stuff. Then he goes to the tournament. You know what I mean? And, you know, it was just, it, you know, that whole, it was just, that whole thing was sad because they played in the WAC tournament against Terrell. So two yeah. of my players were playing against each other in the WAC tournament to see who go to the NC2A tournament. So either way, one of our kids would have been in the tournament, but Oscar and them actually end up winning it and going. And then he played a pretty good game against Iowa, man. He had yeah. a couple baskets and a couple dunks, a couple blocks. 
and um and then all of a sudden he gone yeah. you know after the degree and after that it's like you got to the climax of his life though the nc yeah. came in a degree and just poof and it just tells you how 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 um you know how how quick this thing goes man we're lucky you know i thank god all the time that we here the time that i got the time that i had i mean because it goes quick man we're a vapor it goes quick man and uh you know, I, I appreciate the times I got to spend with the young man and learn and learning. The crazy thing is the stuff I remember is not who. That's the crazy thing. You know, the stuff I remember is riding in the vans with him. <laughs> in the tournament, I'm riding in the vans with him. He like, night, man, you listen to that old school stuff, man. Give me the aux cord, man. And he put me on the Nipsey hustle. I didn't even know who Nipsey was. I didn't know who Nipsey was. He like, night, you gotta hear this, man. It, 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 I think it was called, I think it was like some Crenshaw and Slauson or something, a couple songs on his first album or whatever. I'm like, this dude kind of raw, though, all right? I'm like, old school rap kind of sound like, oh. I'm like, and I remember Owen oh, put me on and those kind of guys and stuff. And I'm like, you know, we would laugh, you know, and talk about stuff. That's the stuff I kind of miss. You know, and he would call yeah. me and ask me questions about stuff. Like, Knight, what would you do in this situation? And I would tell him, and he'd be like, all right, all right, hang up on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, I got this, you know, I'm doing this. Okay, all right, all right, Knight, I'll talk to you later, click. You know, but I kind of was like his guy you could reach out to and just talk to him, you know what I mean? And, um, so it was tough, that, that, and I'm still, as you can tell, I'm still in a, you know, I'm still in a, you know, in a tough oh, spot. Oh, yeah. He was gone too soon. Yeah, that's for sure. Soon. For sure. Yeah, I remember. Great, great uh, kid. Great kid. One of the best kids I've, and I'm not just saying that. A lot of people <laughs> just think that the guy died. I'm just saying this because oh, he, no. he is solid. Solid. He, I got emails from so many people after he died. They just told me random crazy. This one lady told me her and her daughter were in Safeway. And her and her son was in Safeway. And the son remembers Oscar from camp and watched him and stuff. And she, the kid went up to Oscar and was like, Oscar, 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 Oscar. Uh, I remember you from camp, blah, blah, blah. And the lady said that Oscar stayed in the aisle with this kid for 30 minutes talking to him. Damn. Just, just randomly, just talking to yeah. the kid. And it went off. And she sent me an email and told me that. She was like, I know you're going through it, but I wanted to tell you what this dude did, you know, with my son. Yeah. And I got so many of those emails and it just tells you the kind of person he was. So man, yeah, Oscar was definitely he was one of the most respectful young men. You know, he he made like me as a freshman assistant coach when I first started coaching with Coach Knight, a freshman assistant coach, he made me feel like I was a varsity head coach <laughs> with how much he respected us. You know, it was just he, Oscar was Oscar was definitely one of the best young men I've ever met. Um, he, violated, I, yeah, I he violated the dress code all the time, but great. Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> well, he's, well, he's open here. Oh, yeah, I would have too. You know, great. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. But to say respect, and it's, it's hard to find somebody to say something bad about. In honor of Oscar, we, you guys are hosting a tournament in his name uh, December 4th, right? Yep, December 4th. December Great 4th. Saturday, December 4th. What is number four? I loved it. It just works yeah. out perfect. Man. Perfectly. Perfect. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, uh, talk about that. You know, just what time what time is tip, what time is first tip off? You know, how yeah. do we get how do we get tickets? When I was putting the thing together, man, I thought about it. I'm like, dude, I mean, you know, we had, you know, we had the funeral MRO. You know, yeah. we really took care of the family, wrapped our arms around the family because he was family. And uh, I pitched it to our uh, athletic director and she was like, roll with it. Go ahead. Let's do it. Let's get the Oscar Prayer Classic going. 
So I sent an email, I know this is no doubt, I sent an email out to about 25 coaches that are my friends. I'm like, look, I'm thinking about doing an Oscar Freyer Invitational on December 4th. You know, let me know if you're interested. I'll put you in it, blah, blah, blah. All 25 within an hour responded yes. So now I got to tell people no. It was suck, but now I got to tell people no, all right? Everybody's like, I'd love to be part of it. He was a great kid. We want to be part of it, blah, blah. So now I got to tell people no. But anyway, we put it, we put it together. Um, it's going to be on December 4th, Saturday. It's an all-day and one-day event. You know, we don't want it to be a tournament. We don't want people to come back two and three days. It's a one-day thing, kind of like a showcase um, in honor of uh, of O. And the first game starts at two. I think the first game is Skyline and Albany. And then it goes all the way up to our game is the last game against St. Francis. Francis. I specifically picked St. Francis. Uh, St. Francis is a great team. Yeah. Um, and normally, a guy, a team is hosting this wouldn't play St. Francis. You want an easier opponent. <laughs> um, that principal who's at St. Francis now was the principal at Moreau when Oscar was there. And the athletic trainer at St. Francis was the athletic trainer at Moreau when Oscar was there. So Ms. Gibby's over there, right? Mm. We got a lot of people who left Moreau that went over there. So it's an opportunity for us to all come together, Dan, and kind of like celebrate um, this young man's life because they were part of it too. Mm -hmm. That's Um, beautiful. A lot, a lot of people, man, I got corporate, like we did corporate sponsors, man, we need people are calling one to be sponsors, you know what I mean? The media requests are ridiculous. I mean, like, you know, Mars Real, ESPN, Mac Preps, all these people want to come in and cover it and stuff. And it just shows you the impact, you know, that that, that Oscar had. And we will make this the best single day event in Northern California, because that's what Owen wanted, you know? And that's how it is, you know? And that's what we're going to do. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Right on, right on. All right. uh, Y'all come out. And if you listen to this, December 4th, uh, tickets are ten dollars. Cheapest ticket in 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 a, in a nation. You can pay ten dollars and watch six games. Nowhere else can you do that. Um, right? <laughs> we have a great snack bar. We have a great new gym. The gym is brand new in terms of the the bleachers and stuff and everything. We got we did a refurbishing of it. And um, come on out to Hayward man, and, and and check us out and help help us remember. And all of the funds that are raised from this, we make no money on this. All of the funds go into a scholarship that's going to be named after Oscar. Um, and we're just waiting on Bianca, who's Oscar's uh, mom, to mm-hmm. come up with the criteria of who can receive this um, scholarship. And once we come up with the criteria, the plan is to give it to somebody in the 2022-2023 year, so next year. We plan the on- incoming freshman class. Giving the first, yeah, giving the okay. first Oscar Freyer scholarship. Nice. So that's going to be all. That's beautiful. Nice. Nice. And the crazy thing is he's helping people when he's dead. I like to tell people that's <laughs> um and that's just how he was though. Um I don't know if you guys heard that GCU gave all four of his nephews a free ride. The oldest one is seven. Oh man. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. All four of his nephews are gonna get a free ride to GCU though. Um, and big up GCU for stepping out and doing oh, it, right? Yeah. Shout out to GCU. It's yeah. like, it's crazy. And you guys know about the GoFundMe that I started for Oscar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It raised $170,000, though. Like, yeah. cool. go straight in his mom's account, though. And I, I, you know, sometimes I sit around and just laugh. I'm like, dude, oh, you a trip, man. You still take <laughs> care of people, man. This is crazy. You know, even though you're not here with us, you're taking care of a whole bunch of people, though. 
Like your four oh. nephews about to get a degree because of you, though. You know, your mom's yeah. cool right now. Now she's hurting and would give back all that money for Oscar. But yeah. you know what I mean? You're making it. And now we're doing this tournament. Everybody wants to be part of it. You know, Ivan already called about the tournament. Um, Jabari Bird, the other uh, Jabari Brown from the Celtics. You know, they, I mean, you know, they're all partners and stuff, you know, and it's like, they're like, man, you doing something for Oscar? Where can I donate? You know, send him the link, you know, and it's like one of those things because he really touched a lot of people, man. Yeah, for sure. I like that shirt you're wearing. Too. Yep. For, for our listeners, I am wearing my high flyer GCU Oscar hey, shirt. <laughs> Hashtag all forever. <laughs> need me, I, mean, I need me one of those, uh, E. Yeah. Need me one of those. I think they still GCU sell them at GCU. They're still selling them. Yeah. GCU, GCU's website. Uh, okay. They're still selling them. And I think every dollar that they that they make off that goes to Oscar's mom. I don't think they yeah. make money off that at all. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to need to get one and support little bro. Yeah, I, got, sure. I got you, Mo. I got you. <laughs> uh, to wrap things up, we're gonna go with our final segment okay. called the fast break. All right. So what's, you gonna be running the fast break? Give me the rundown. What's the fast break? This, this so this is our quick hitter, our quick Uh-oh. hitter segment. Uh-oh. You know, rapid fire questions. Give us a quick answer. First thing that comes to your mind. If we feel like something needs a little bit of elaboration, we'll give you that opportunity. Got it. All right. So this is gonna this is going you're gonna be running the two on one fast break. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm gonna dribble to somebody comes to me and bounce back. <laughs> oh no, you the defender. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. I guess I try to take a charge. <laughs> All right, Mo, you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, random question. Yeah. All right. Breaking Bad or The Wire? The Wire. Not even a question. <laughs> My man. Not. Not. Hey, Ringer Bell. Not even a question. <laughs> easy. That was easy. All right, my first question, playing ball or coaching ball? Oh, <laughs> playing ball. All right. Actually, I get more satisfaction from coaching, but playing is nothing like playing. You only get to play nothing for like a amount of time. It's nothing like playing. Yeah. Does hot sauce go on everything? You're taking too long to answer. No, that's the answer. No. <laughs> no. Really? What does hot sauce not go on? Cereal. Uh, okay, okay. You got me there. You got me there. <laughs> All right. Uh, dead or alive for dinner, for dinner guests? Dead or alive? Could be anybody. Anybody. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm X. Um... <laughs> Sleepy Floyd. Hey. Um Superman. <laughs> Amelia Jackson. And Obama. Right on. Right on. That's a nice, that's a nice dinner. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great list. That's some good conversation. <laughs> good conversation. All right, coach. Uh Pac or Biggie. Oh, don't do that to me. No, I can't. I had, I had to. I had to. Oh. Okay, say it again. Tupac or Biggie? Okay. Yeah. Uh, lyrically, Biggie, not even a question. Right. Uh, uh, change the culture, pop, not even a question. So, hey, that's my answer. I can't split that. Respect. Much respect. 
all right. Too many can hang with us. That's one of the tightest lines ever. <laughs> all right. Who would play you in your biopic? Young Jock. Young Ooh. Jock. Okay. Nice. Right. Favorite moment as a coach? What, what's one of your proudest moments as a coach? Winning that first section championship in the in the school's history against Salesian. That would be the best thing that you know, best the best time for me as a coach was there. Nobody thought we could do it. It was at um Dublin, packed out mm -hmm. Dublin and we ended up beating Salesian. We beat them twice that year. But that was the first time we had won a section championship in the school's history in basketball. So that was that was the, that was a big one. That that game was that game was hype. That that was a huge game. I just remember being there like Man, I'm cheering my ass off. Lost my voice that day. The three best players to come out of Oakland who didn't make it to the big stage. Ooh. That's a great question. Well, Hook, That's a great Hook, question. Hook, Hook Mitchell has to be number one on that list. Hook was a monster. Um, so you got to put Hook on there. That didn't make it. Let's see. Hook um, that didn't make it. I'd have to put Antonio Kellogg in there, too. Like Kellogg was raw. So Hook, Kellogg, they ain't gonna all be from West Oakland. My West Oakland partner's gonna be mad at me. Hook, <laughs> um, Kellogg, oh, Michael Franklin. Y'all don't know who he is. He went to cast him out. Mike Franklin was raw. Michael Franklin, I put those three in there. No, those, oh my good. Michael Franklin was like 6'6", and skinny and can play. And you know, he'd get high and come to the game and still put 40 on you. Like Mike Franklin <laughs> was a mom. You know, those, those three, you know. Those nice. Three. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No. No? No. Okay. No, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Why, why do you say it's not a Christmas movie? Oh. I'm just not a fan of what's his name? Uh, what's the lead Bruce, actor in that? Bruce, Bruce Willis. I've, I've Bruce never, Willis? Been, yeah. I've never been a Bruce Willis fan. You know, no. So, no. Um, the Best Man is a Christmas movie. Uh, right. <laughs> even if it comes on the Hallmark Channel, it's right. <laughs> That's not no. That's not no Christmas movie. Friday is a Christmas movie. Before that, <laughs> I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Last question of the fast yeah. break. Three part question. So I'm kind of cheating here. Okay. So let's start with the first part. Top five players that you played with. That I played with. Yes. Jason Terry. Mike Bibby. Paul Pierce. Played with. You mean on the team or in the air? On the team or in the air? Uh, on the team. Okay, so those those are I played on the team with all those. Okay, yeah. so Paul Pierce, Mike, Paul Pierce, Mike Bibby, Jason Terry. Um, who else did I play with? Was really, really oh, uh, one of my free Calvin Criddle was really really good. McDonald's All American, uh, fifteen hundred, um, and um, I'm gonna stop there. That, those are. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll, put, we'll put you I to add about 10 more different people so <laughs> we'll put you as that fifth guy we'll put you as that fifth guy. <laughs> all right second part of the question the top five players you ever coached Ooh, you really go you're gonna get in trouble with this one. Hate me oh, <laughs> all right. 
Um, so I'm going to start with uh, high school. I'm going to start with I'm going to start with Fremont first. You said five, right? Yeah. Got to put Tim Pierce on that. Tim Pierce is six seven, uh, shoots lights out. Went to Arizona State, so I got to put Tim Pierce on there. So that's one. Um, I also got to put Dirty D on there from Fremont High School. Derek Brooks, monster, six four guard, but really really go. So I got two from Fremont North. All right. Um, for Moreau, I got to put Oscar on there. So that's mm-hmm. three Oscar. I got to put Damari on there. That's four. And in the fifth, I got to put Kyrie on there. Kyrie was a monster. For sure. so For that's, sure. the, that's the top five. Now, All six, right. seven, and eight was still good. But that, that's... <laughs> All right. Third part and last part of this question, this closeout segment and closeout this, uh, this podcast episode. Yep. The first five versus, versus that second five. Who wins? Oh, it's not even close. <laughs> The first five is going to destroy <laughs> that second five. I mean, you got three NBA talents on. Yeah, I mean, you're going to destroy that. I mean, you know, the older guys know how to play. And, that, and that's one thing that we're not doing no more is playing with the old. The young guys don't play with old guys. Now, the old guys will destroy I me mean, because they know how to play. They block out. Yeah. You know, they don't run all over the place. They just know how to play the game. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah them guys are destroyed. Them, them is young. The, the second five is all youngsters. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's a good pro-am team to have, though. You can win with the second five and the San Francisco pro-am, but the way they beat the first one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. For sure. All right, well. Jason Perry might all... still be getting buckets. I don't even know. He might still be on somebody's team. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Jamal Crawford. Yeah, Him Jamal and Jamal Crawford. Crawford. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> all right. That's all the time we have for today. We want to thank Coach Knight for coming on to the uh, podcast and being part of this episode. Thank you again, Coach, uh, just for your knowledge, for your for your stories. And, you know, again, we want to tell everybody, uh, you know, come out to the Oscar Fair Classic uh, December 12th at Moreau Catholic High School. In December Harvard. 4th. Oh, sorry. December, December 4th. 4th. I got... I'm dysnumeric, sorry. <laughs> look, look, look at that t-shirt you got December on right 4th. there. Yeah, December 4th. 4th. <laughs> December 4th at Merle Catholic High School in Hayward. Yeah. Uh, come out, support, you know, just come out for a good cause. Come out for a good time to watch some good basketball and just, just support everyone involved, especially Oscar and his family. All right. Um, hey, Coach, this is, our, this is our first interaction, man. I just want to say thank you for coming on our show. It was a blessing talking to you. Pleasure meeting you, man, and continue to be an example for these young boys out here, man. Thanks for having me, man. And let me know when you guys put this together or when you tweet it out or whatever. I got a decent following and stuff. I'll put it out there and stuff. And uh, I love supporting people coming to do something, man. So if I could help you out anyway, you know, one love and my person, man. If, you know, if I need something from you guys, I'll reach out for sure. Thank you. For sure. For sure. Uh, and again, that's it for this episode. Uh, again, if you want to be part of our part of our podcast, if you want to just call us out on whatever shit we said, or if you want to just spit out ideas that you want us to talk about, hit us up on Instagram at the Killer Crossover Podcast. You could also hit me on Twitter at Emancoa at E M A N K O A and Mo. Yeah, I'm also on Twitter as well. Your boy Mo87. Coach Knight, drop your uh, Twitter handle or Instagram, whatever you got. My Twitter handle is F Knight Says. You know, you can hear what I'm saying on Twitter there. And then my Instagram handle is, I think it's uh, Frank Nitty44. Yep. Um, yeah, that's my Instagram handle. So definitely, you know, yeah, follow and you might like something. I don't know. And you might, you know, 
I don't know. I, I, I just found out that Twitter's not really a place. That's what Chappelle said. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Twitter's still popping, man. Don't listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's it, and we are out. Thank you. Peace.